Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Use it to bring them to salvation. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know how many of you have ever undergone a stress test. But I can attest to the fact that that's a toughie. On two occasions, I've had that test. One time they put me on the treadmill. That wasn't so bad. But I learned when they put me on the bicycle that it had been too long since I had ridden the bicycle. And I thought I would die right on that bicycle. It taxed me to the extreme. I could do the walking on the treadmill, but the bicycle just about did me in. It would have been similar to being in a wind tunnel when they put those airplanes or or other vehicles in a wind tunnel to find out just how much they can actually take. What's their durability? What really are they made of? Will they break under pressure? Will they succumb? This is what the doctor told me when he put me on the bicycle and hooked me up to all of those wires and the two nurses stood on one side and he stood on the other. But he warned me that I could have a heart attack in the process. And they pushed me as far as my body would endure trying to find out if I would break and under how much stress I would break. Life is like this. And Job is the person in the Bible that exemplifies the stress test. When a person's life is put under so much pressure that he himself and other people begin to wonder how much more can he or she take. Job was on the treadmill of life. He is described as being blameless. He was upright. He feared God. He shunned, and that's what the word eschew means. He shunned evil. He did everything that he knew as a human being that he could do to serve and to worship God, and few men can make that claim. Maybe you are one who in some areas of your life can say that I am that way. But few of us could match his uprightness, his righteousness. He was so concerned, even with his family, that when his seven sons, when they had their birthday, they had a party. And they invited their three sisters to come and share with them, and they ate and drank. I read into that that they had a high old time. And Job was so much concerned about their life, the way they were living, that he continually offered sacrifices unto God for his children. He was very conscious of living a good life and conscious that his children lived the same kind of life. But the day came when this very wealthy, very righteous man began to experience the trauma of the treadmill. He was stripped of all of his possessions. 
His children were killed. He lost his health. He was in a desperate condition to the point that even his wife gave up on him and told Job that he ought to curse the very name of God and go ahead and die. Get the agony over with. There is no possibility of you coming out of this in any good way. How many times have we faced similar conditions? Some of us have lost in past times accusations. Some of us have lost family that was near and dear to us to death. Some of us have lost our health. And we have been on the treadmill and we have felt like giving up and our friends and our family have said secretly, but we know what they were saying, there's no hope. Life is over. It's all destroyed. There is going to be no future for me. And I hope you, like Job, have said, that may be. But I have lost all that I own. That I've lost all of my children to death that I have lost my health, but I will not blame God. I don't understand why it has happened. I don't know why I have suffered physical consequences to my body. I don't know why the heart attack came or why the disability came. I don't know why my child died. I don't know why my mother and father had to pass away. I don't know why I lost my job. I don't know why everything that I own has gone down the drain. But nevertheless, I worship God in spite of it all. Now Job's three friends come to him and they sit down to talk with him and they make an assumption their assumption is, Job, there's sin in your life, and you're paying the consequences. That's the assumption that many people jump to. There's sin in your life, that's why you lost your job. There's sin in your life, that's why someone near to you died. God's paying you back. There's sin in your life, that's why you lost your health. That might be, but that's not always the case. And it certainly was not the case with Job. Now let me say, before we go back to Job, sin has its consequences. And you can be sure, when you and I sin, either in this life or in the life beyond, we will experience the consequences of that which we have done against God. If we're wayward and sinful, you can be sure, as the Bible says in Numbers 32, 23, your sins will find you out. How many times have you experienced with me committing a sin that you thought nobody knew about and you could hide it only to discover that the next door neighbor knew about it and the people down the street knew about it and suddenly the whole world knew and you thought it was a secret? The same experience that Moses had when he killed the Egyptian. He thought nobody saw him kill the Egyptian and it was a secret and he buried him in the sand. And the next day two Hebrews were fussing with each other and they said to Moses, are you going to kill us like you did the Egyptian? And suddenly Moses knew that his sin 
was discovered. Or like David that we studied about in Sunday school this morning, who thought that his covetousness would not get him in any trouble. He could desire Bathsheba if he wanted and get by with it. And then she became pregnant, and then that meant doing something else, and he committed murder. And the scripture says to David, be sure, David, your sins will find you out. And they did find him out, and he did pay the consequences of his sin throughout his life. The agony that David suffered for the one little look across the housetops at something that he should not have been looking at caused him suffering throughout his life. The little sin that we think is of no consequence can burden us and cause us to be uh, in discomfort and cause us loss and cause us heartache and pain throughout our entire life. Yes, our sins can cause us consequences. But Job said, I can't think of anything in my life that I did that would have caused all of this. And he was honest. Now listen, if you can say that, you're in a category with Job. And maybe you can do it. Maybe you can, and I think there are many people who can. There are too many people that want to throw blame where the blame does not belong. And Job said, I honestly cannot find any reason as to why all of this has happened to me. Which brings us to the question that we want to talk about this morning. Why do righteous people suffer? Someone said to me recently, it would seem like when I became a Christian, things ought to get easier, and the opposite's true. Things have gotten tougher. And maybe it brings us to the point of thinking, well, maybe we made a mistake and we shouldn't have accepted Christ. All it's done has brought us difficulties to life. Family problems uh, of every nature. Loss of job, loss of income, uh, here and there, loss of health. And we began to assume that it was something that we did. Now let's look at what happened to Job. Satan has access to heaven, apparently, because he went up to heaven on this occasion. And, Joe, and God said to Satan, where have you been? He said, I've been down on earth. God bragged a little bit. He said, did you observe my servant Job? What a righteous man he is and never does anything wrong. Satan comes back with an accusation in the 10th verse of this first chapter and he said, yes, but you built a hedge around him. You've protected him so that nothing evil, nothing bad, nothing uncomfortable can happen to the man. He's got it made. You're protecting him. Now God does not disagree. Maybe God was protecting Job. Job is saying, in essence, the reason, or, or Satan is saying, Satan is saying the reason Job is serving you is because of what he can get out of it. Now listen to that charge. The question is that we need to look at this morning, why are we serving God? Are we serving him because of what perhaps we can get out of it? 
We're serving him so that we won't have to go to hell. Well, that's a pretty good reason to do so, but is that the only reason we're serving the Lord? Are we serving the Lord because he might keep us in good health? Are we serving the Lord because if we're honest and faithful to him, he might give us a job and provide us a fine income? Are we serving the Lord because he might keep our family alive for a long period of time and they'll die when they're a hundred? What is the reason for our service of God? For what we can get out of it? Or for the honor of God? Can I refute Satan's charges in my life that I serve God because God has built a hedge around me or I serve God because I love the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Why do we serve? We need to search our hearts. This is the dilemma that we're in. Are the consequences of our lives the results of our sin? Or are we, so, are we honest and moral and upright? And perhaps that which is going on in our life has nothing to do with us at all. Now I've thrown out a possibility here I want you to consider. It may very well be the problems of your life have nothing to do with you. That may be a new thought to you. Because the real problem is a battle between God and Satan. And Satan is saying, take down the hedge around that person, Job, around you, around me. And he's saying, he'll curse your name. Satan charges that we will curse the name of God if things aren't good in our life. That's his charge. Is he right? When things go bad. Are we going to say, well, it's no good to serve God. I'm not going back to church anymore. I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going to serve the Lord anymore because I didn't get anything out of it that I wanted. God's going to say, all right, Satan, let's have him prove his collars. Let's find out whether he is serving me for what he gets out of it or whether he's serving me because he loves me. And that's exactly what happened with Job. God said, all right, we'll find out. God has said the man is upright and honest and worships me. Satan has said the only reason he does is because you protect him and you won't let anything get to him. God says, okay, I back off. He's yours. Do whatever you want, but you can't take his life. God is supreme. The problems that come upon us, we may bring upon ourselves as a consequence of our sin. But if we can say, I can't find any reason in my life, honestly, why this should be happening, we may be the battleground between God and Satan.
We may be. And here is a man who is touched by the hand of Satan. Now I want you to notice something. If Satan touches your life, he touches it to destroy you if he can. When Jesus Christ touches your life, he touches it to give you life and to give it abundantly. You will get abundant life from Satan as a Christian. You'll get anything that is evil and bad and will destroy you if he can. And whether or not you succumb to that will be based upon your answer to why do you serve God? So Satan brings boils. Jesus Christ brings life eternal. Now let's look at the other side. People say, and I've said, and perhaps you have, I don't understand why all these unrighteous people, the sinner who never comes to church, they drink and run around and carouse, and they have a good time all summer long, and they do everything under the sun that appears to be wrong in my mind, and yet they're just having a great time. Why would Satan bother with somebody he already owns? Why not let him have a good time? He's wanting to destroy you and me. He doesn't have to destroy them. They're already destroyed. A person who has no faith in Jesus Christ is dead already, the scripture says. Their life is all over. Satan doesn't have to bother with them. Let them have a good time. Jesus gave us the parable of the story in Luke 16 of the rich man who, ha who had plenty and outside his gate laid a poor beggar by the name of Lazarus. The rich man knew the beggar's name. Finally, both of them died and the rich man went to Hades, to hell. The old beggar, Lazarus, went to, bosom, uh, to the bosom of Abraham, which is for all practical terms, a description of heaven. That's not quite right, but we'll not deal with that issue this morning. And here the rich man is in hell, in torment, burning up, and he looks over into paradise, and there's Lazarus, enjoying himself, having everything good. And the rich man calls over to Abraham, and says, Abraham, how about sending Lazarus down here with just the tip of his finger in water to give me a little bit of relief? Just touch it to my lips. Oh, this very wealthy, unrighteous man who had everything good all through life has suddenly discovered the results of life have given him eternal torment. And now he wants out. But it's too late to get out. And that's the problem that the unrighteous face. They may live 70, 80, 90 years of bliss and enjoyment and financial security and everything good in this life. But listen, this life comes to an end. And eternity then begins. Lazarus has 60, 70, 80 years, 90 years of misery. No income. Full of sores. The dogs came and licked him. That was... Well, the, the dogs had more sympathy on him than, than the rich man. And he dies also. And here he is in eternity with all of the sores gone, 
all of the financial problems over in absolute bliss because he has remained with Job faithful unto the God he serves in spite of what life might mete out to him. And Abraham says, I'm sorry. You in your lifetime had all of those good things and Lazarus had nothing and now he's got it made. And you're going to have to suffer the consequences. Yes, the unrighteous might enjoy this life. And the righteous might very well experience agonies and sufferings and pain not because anything that we have done of ourselves, but because we've become the battleground between God and Satan, and God wants to verify that we serve him because we love him, and Satan's wanting to say, I told you so, you see, he gave up, he blasphemed your name, he quit. Are we a Job? Who will take Although we don't understand who will take the consequences of life has offered us and still serve the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of it and in spite of it. Knowing that the day will come when the agonies of this life will be over and the eternity will provide us everything that is worthwhile. And we will have victory in Jesus. I'm glad you sang that. We will have it, maybe in this life, maybe in the life to come. There were two things in the life of Job that we can note now. Number one, because he remained faithful, he ended up in this life even more wealthy than he was to begin with. Because he remained faithful. God blessed him. When Job proved his faith, God came back and blessed him more than he could imagine. But that's not the only thing. Job knew it was all worthwhile. He would remain faithful to God in spite of anything because he loved him. He rejected the desire of his wife. He rejected the encouragement of his friends because he knew they were wrong. How about us? How about you this morning? Are you on the side of Job? Or maybe you're the rich man who has plenty now. What are you going to have tomorrow in this life of Job? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.